Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Oliver from Calculum. Oliver, it's really nice to have you on. Likewise, thank you. Absolutely. I'm really excited for today's discussion. So first, to kick things off, can you tell me a bit about who you are and who your company is and what you guys are doing? Yeah, my name is Oliver. I'm based here in sunny Miami. You can hear from my accent. Originally, I'm up from here. I'm Swiss and French. And I worked since about more than 15 years in the exciting field of what's called supply chain finance. And currently, I'm the founder and CEO of Calculum. That's awesome. So what does Calculum do? What are you guys up to? We are all about payment terms. It's actually pretty easy to explain. So if you look at almost any company is buying and selling goods or services, correct? And as part of their dealings with their suppliers and customers, they always speak about mainly four things. The first thing is the volume they're purchasing or selling, the pricing, the quality. And the last point is how long it takes me to pay you or how long it takes me to collect the money from you. And this last point, payment terms, is where we help companies analyze these payment terms, optimizing them, and also helping them to negotiate better payment terms with their suppliers. If you think about payment terms, it's very important because if you can stick longer to your money or wait longer until you pay your supplier, it has a huge impact on working capital and cash flow, which is particularly important right now with rising interest rates. But if you look at how companies are determined what should be the right payment terms, it's pretty shocking. Mostly always gets three answers. The first one is I'm just using what my counterpart is asking me. Basically, I have a client. He says, hey, I will pay you in 30 days. You say, okay, I will do that. Or you're just using what you're used to. So it was always the last 10 years, it was always 40 days. So this is what it is. Some of the more sophisticated companies, they're using Excel. But as we know, Excel is not... It's a very old tool. It's not a database. It's not learning. In most sophisticated companies which, with big pockets, they're working with the very large advisory and consultancy organizations. But even more surprisingly, these companies, I will not mention any names, but they're also using Excel. This is why we saw a huge opportunity to change this market. Absolutely. I love it. So what's your story? How did you get into this space? 15 years, I'm in this space called financial supply chains which is the financial side of supply chain. So it's not like the ships and the warehouses. It's more like the invoices, the payments, the credit risk. I did a lot of lectures in the past at universities, wrote two books on that subject. It's actually my second company. So the first one was called Swiss Commercial Capital, which I sold to Macquarie Bank. Similar time, it was in 2008, just during the financial crisis. And then I sold it in 2011 to Macquarie Bank, the, the fourth largest bank in Australia. 10 years later, I saw that when you look at trade finance or supply chain finance, as the name indicates, you always need financing. And there is the limitation. Because at the end, as I just said before, every company wants to get paid earlier or wait longer to get paid, correct? It's a universal need. But if you add financing to the game, so basically working with banks or capital market funders, then they are looking, is, is it the right risk? Is it the right jurisdictions like country? the right currency. And then basically you're limiting yourself to just a few organizations where banks or financial institutions I want to work with. So it's very limited to the larger organizations where banks want to work with. And this was the last 15 years I was in this business, which is still a growing sector, 
but then I saw a huge opportunity to leverage data to already provide benefits to organizations without being limited to the funding from banks and their credit appetite. It's opened up a whole market whereby we have no limitation in terms of size of clients, where they are located, their risk profile, and their industry. That's awesome. So obviously a successful entrepreneur, you've built sold companies and you're building this one. Tell me about how you're growing the company. What tactics, strategies are you using? What's the game plan for this year? I would say that the most important is always people, hire the right people before even looking at the growth of the company, because with the right team members, you can really always achieve the goals which you're looking for. And then obviously the best example was the last weeks with uh, Silicon Valley Bank. So looking at risks and avoiding disruptions, I think will be a topic and a subject which will be still there in the next months because it's quite a unstable market right now, especially for a young company. Looking at growth, you have to really diversify and look at, at these different risks and exposures. Similar to that, being adaptive and being able to switch directions, looking at what is going on. I didn't mention before, but our business is a data-driven business. So we are leveraging AI to determine what should be the right payment terms. As you know, AI is a very fast-growing and fast-changing market with almost every week new developments being done being very adaptive and fast changing directions. And then obviously the most important, it's not the secret, is really focusing on customer experience on existing customers. So keeping them happy and learning from them, but then also customer experience for new clients, for new prospects and learning from them. I love it. So content and LinkedIn is a big thing right now. Tell me about your approach to that and what you're doing with content stuff, LinkedIn, all that. As we can imagine for us, we are in the B2B space. We are mostly dealing with treasury procurement, large organizations. So I would say they tend less to looking for this type of solutions, improving cash for working capital on Facebook or even Instagram, correct? So for us, focusing on B2B, LinkedIn is one of the key social media tools which we are using. And also why it is important, it's not just leads or getting in touch with potential prospects, but especially for us, it's, we are creating a new market. So our platform, I know everybody says that, but really nobody has set up um, an automated tool as we have with Calculum. So a lot of education is required. Education is what I mentioned before. Have you thought about your payment terms? Are they the right ones compared to your industry, to your competitors? Do you know even more basic, what is the impact of improving your payment terms on your cash flow, working capital, on your risk of your supply chain? And all these aspects, I think that the best place to educate the market is LinkedIn. And then obviously as a young company, brand awareness, very important and thought leadership. And the last piece to come back about the key success factors of growing a company is for hiring, hiring the right talent. And then also mentioning to the team, we have a new team member, we have news, we have new developments. So keeping the whole market up to date. So what's the most difficult challenges you've faced so far as CEO and how have you overcome it? The, the biggest challenge so far was dealing with investors, to be honest, because it's not the easiest environment. It's not the business where you can compare similar companies, which got investment. 
So a lot of education was required, but now we have a lot of investment interest from the community. So we overcame that by having a lot of conferences and by having a lot of discussions and clients. Love it. Awesome. What's one thing you wish you would have known when you first became the CEO of this company that you know now? Do you always think that you can control everything in terms of the idea, the investment again, the team? But at the end, I think the most important, which is something you cannot really control, is, is timing. So being with the right product, with the right approach, in the right market at the right time. And I think with Calculum, we are in this market, rising interest rate, attention to supply chain disruptions, the whole sustainability ESG awareness, all plays very well for our business and our product in the market. Love it. If you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? So maybe one piece of advice, maybe more specific to me, it's everything takes longer than you expect. So have more patience. If you work hard, if you believe in an idea and you stick to it, you will have success, but you just have to take some time. For a calculum, it took me years before we went live with the development of the software and went to the market. Again, take your time and, and stick to your idea. Absolutely. Can you tell me about a time you pivoted strategy or maybe refined it a bit? How'd you make that decision? How'd it go? Yeah, so we always started focusing mainly on, on large organizations, uh, treasury and procurement, helping them to negotiate better payment terms. But then we saw a huge opportunity in we call them service providers. So companies which serve this clientele, these type of large organizations, treasury and procurement. And how we change the focus is basically not only focusing on the end client, but on the service providers. So this can be companies in spend analytics, e-invoicing, trade finance, which are using our solution for leads, prospecting, analysis and referrals. This helps us really to, with still a rather small sales team, to really grow and have much more access to our prospects and, and potential leads. Love it. Final question is, uh, if you could offer one piece of advice to your industry as a whole, what would it be and why? So one piece of advice, which I see in almost daily conversations with pro procurement professionals is they are very good, obviously, in negotiating the best pricing, the best volumes, the best quality. And there, it's all about relationship and negotiation skills. However, today in the age of data and insights from so many different sources, the important part is really using this data in your advantage, which opens up a whole different field of competitive advantage and improvements in your negotiation skills. I love it. Oliver, it's been amazing to have you on. Thanks so much for joining the podcast today and sharing all your wisdom insights. Thank you very much. Thank you. Absolutely.